Welcome to Asbury United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Will. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as special devotionals and interviews. We hope these messages inspire hope and bring support as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions, or if you want further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking our website at asburymaitland.org. Good morning. I am Pastor Barbara, and I am one of the pastors here, pretty much doing uh, hospitals, rehab, home visits, and it's a privilege to serve in this way. If I haven't met you, and particularly online, God bless you, and thank you for joining us. Let's, uh, let's pause for prayer because we're going to hear a live, real, authentic story, a short story about a troubling situation, and we will walk with those characters through their lives. Let's pray together. Holy and gracious God, this is the time following, hearing your word through music and opportunities of service. This is your time to speak. This is a human vessel. <laughs> and sometimes not feeling up to it. And yet, you have spoken and put me, O oh Lord, behind the cross so that all that is visible is you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am so delighted to be here, but I am especially delighted to be here with this beautiful setting of Godspell. I was mesmerized. My husband and I were mesmerized Friday night. And the characters and how they came to life in contemporary fashion were fantastic. Twelve, thirteen young adults sharing God's word in a contemporary setting. Just so moving. I encourage you, you've been here, get a snack, get a sandwich, come back. The story that we're going to begin with is from the book of Ruth. <clears throat> now the illustration that I want to begin with is the song his eye is on the sparrow. And we're just going to sing the chorus. Uh, some of you may know it. Um, this is an African-American de derivation. It, uh, this song came about in the early, early 1900s. It was made famous by Mahalia Jackson. 
And later, she won a Grammy uh, Hall of Fame. First brown-skinned person to win a Grammy. Now, this came out of the African-American tradition. So, if you could put yourself there, think about being in a, a patch a farmland with all the rows, either picking fruit, gathering vegetables, or pulling cotton. And those long days, never knowing about your family, whether the stronger ones are going to be separated from you, and you may never see them again. Wondering if they are going to be going to another farm and your family will be split up. Without details, imagine your mother or your sister being sexually abused by the farm owner. Imagine longing to read and not being able to do that because there's no one to teach you. And you begin to wonder, why is the sky blue and, and the changing of the seasons? You long to learn, but there is nothing available. And yet, through difficult circumstances, this song, along with many others that we've heard, spirituals, rang out as work was done in the fields. Just the chorus. <clears throat> His eye is on the sparrow. All right. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm and Betty, there, there are scripture passages that speak of sparrows. It, they weren't necessarily sparrows, they were just little birds. And any little bird was called a sparrow. And, and um, you know, like, um, like the pigeons that come down New York or in uh, the marketplace in Venice, a little too much. These little birds would twee, 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 and gather around and uh, leave some of their, their personal calling cards and they became, they became uh, an annoyance. But Jesus spoke of them and Jesus said this passage about why do we worry? Why are we concerned? It will be the first slide, please. This is what I tell you, if you'll follow it with me. Jesus' words. Whether you have enough food to drink, food and drink, or enough clothes to wear, 
Isn't it more than food or your body more than clothing? And then, <laughs> look at the birds, the little sparrows. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they? Jesus' words. Can all your worries add one single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, the wildflowers, and see with that amazing golden cap on the top of the plant. They don't work. They don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all of his glory, has dressed them as beautiful as you. Now, these little birds... Besides adding uh, their songs to the air, they also had another. They had another uh, meaning and another purpose. Don't ask me how they got them. Uh, maybe a net, but it seems to me if you used uh, a, a pistol, there wouldn't be anything left. You know, they're this big. But they would be gathered... <laughs> And then the wings plucked off of them, and they were sold in market. Two little sparrows were cost a, a farthing, which is equal to a penny. <laughs> Five little sparrows were worth two pennies. Buy one, get one. And these little birds would slide on a stick like a kebab, and they would be cooked over the open fire. <laughs> Jesus says to us, you worry? God's eye is on every sparrow, and God watches you. And then Jesus said, are you less than the birds of the air or the beauty of the fields? No. And God's eye and God's care follows you. I chose this hymn because this is a difficult story. And this is where believers in God find themselves in a very difficult situation. The story of Ruth and will begin in the first chapter. This sets the story up for us. In Bethlehem, there's a severe famine. Bethlehem means breadbasket. What happened? A drought. Everything dried up and people were starving to death. So there was a man from Bethlehem whose name was Elimelech. And he took his wife, and they had two young adult sons. And they headed to Moab, a foreign country. Now, in our estimation, it was 50 miles away, a foreign country. But they had to go over the Jordan Mountains. And in doing that, it would take seven to ten days. Their two young adult sons were Malan and Kilion, 
and they were Ephronites from Bethlehem. And then they reached Moab, became immigrants, and they were able to raise crops and feed their family. Now, this is what happened. When they got to this foreign land, the father, Elimelech, died and left Naomi a widow. <laughs> she was left with her two sons. Now, these two sons had married, and they had married Moab, Moabite women. And uh, you'll see one's named Orpah, and the other one's named Ruth. Uh, little, when I first read it as a young pastor, I thought it was Oprah. And then I realized the R comes first, and I heard Oprah speak that she was named for this daughter, and her parents thought it was Oprah. And, uh, and she takes great um, confidence and her parents giving her that name. About 10 years later, both of the sons passed away, and there were no children. So this left Naomi and her two daughters. Now I'm going to use in-law a couple times, and then I'm going to drop it. Daughters-in-law in this foreign country they were not foreign, but they were young women. Three young women. Now, you've heard Pastor Will and Pastor Chris speak about the Levite marriage. What that meant is that a woman married a, a, a man, and uh, she was cared for then during that time. In this Levite marriage... If something happened to her husband, she would either go to her son's home or she would go to her brother's home or to his brother's home. Now, now women who had no additional family were in dire need and dire uh, straits because the men earned the living. And there were about two things that women without any connections can do. Now you hear me. On the streets is a beggar. And working long nights. That was it. Jesus said in Matthew, following the Beatitudes, he said, remember the widows and orphans. Remember those single women that have no family affiliation. Do not forget them. So here they are. Very, very difficult situation. So this is what, hello, this is what the mama said. Naomi said, Go. Go back to your mom and daddy. Go back to your mother's home. Go back to your brother's home. You are young, and you can get married again. You can have children. But I can do nothing for you. 
I am going back to my hometown, Bethlehem, and I send you with a blessing for loving me and for loving my sons. But go home. Go home. I think it's the next slide. She gives a blessing, and they set out first, and they took the road that would lead them to Jericho, but there was a crossroad. And that's when Naomi, uh, Ruth said again, Naomi said again, Ruth, you and Orpah head to your homes. And this is her blessing. Go back to your mother's home and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with security of another marriage. And then they kissed and they wept together. Naomi was strong and she wanted for these women to be in their own country. Next slide, please. <clears throat> she said to them, things are more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt way out here? Maybe his fist isn't uh, uh, lifted, but maybe his memory of who you are is gone. They wept again. Ruth clung to Naomi. She says, look, your sister-in-law is already going down the road to her people. You should do the same. Next one. But Ruth replied. Now this is that beautiful passage that has been sung. This is the one, the classical one, Entreat Me Not to Leave You. And it was sung 52 years ago at our wedding. This is the updated. This is Ruth to her mother in our family, we call mother-in-loves, daughter-in-loves. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back, she says. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Oh. Naomi knew that Ruth was serious, said no more, and off they go. Now the beauty of this is the two of them carried on that 50-mile journey by themselves. They had to camp at night. They had to find shelter and safety. And the amazing thing is that the arms and the wings of the Almighty, prevenient grace, was there covering them 
on their journey, caring for them as they walked. Now, many of you have heard the, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember, one, one person was traveling, not in a group, which is much safer, one person, and from the crevices of the caves, robbers came and beat him, left him for dead, took his overcoat, took his money, took his sandals, yes, all valuable things, and there left him. This is what happened to that journeyman. The wings of God covering this, these women as they travel two widows to Bethlehem. <laughs> they get into Bethlehem, and uh, when they come to Bethlehem, is this Naomi? From 10 years back, is this Naomi? And she hears them quietly speaking, and this is what she says. Don't call me Naomi. Instead, my new name is Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. Mara in the Hebrew means bitterness, deep pain, deep hurt, loss of all of her blood relatives. And she comes back to her homeland. Next. <clears throat> As they come in, uh, they find a place to live. Someone must take them in. And uh, one day, uh, Ruth says to Naomi, please let me go out and try and get us some grain. Let me go into the fields and follow those who are kind to me and will let me do that. In the midst of all of that, they learn that probably a second cousin to Elimelech is an influ influential businessman. And so Naomi agrees and Ruth goes out next. She says, go ahead, but Ruth went out to gather the grain behind the far forest harvesters, and you know what happened. <laughs> In the city of Bethlehem, she happens on a field that belongs to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Lamelech. Next one, please. She begins harvesting. She has no idea she's in Boaz's field. He comes to her and listen to what he says in that day and age. Listen, my daughter. Stay right here with us when you gather grain. Do not go to any other fields. Do not go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my fields. 
See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. Listen. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. I have threatened them in my leadership that you are here and you are to be honored. And when you are thirsty, how about this? Help yourself to the water that they've drawn from the well. Ruth was just overwhelmed. She fell at his feet and she said, what have I done to deserve such a kindness? I am only a foreigner. He said, I know, but I know everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. The word traveled. They came back to Bethlehem. I've heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord God, under whose wings you have come, take refuge, reward you for what you have done. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Next, please. This is interesting. Do you remember when Jesus, with his mother at the cross, said to the youngest disciple, John, behold your mother. Mama, behold your son. The oldest son in the family was caring for his mother. And he made a new family for her. Listen to Naomi. She says to Ruth, you know, I'm getting older. I'm getting older. And it's time I found a permanent home for you. She was concerned that there were no connections for her in Bethlehem. I want you to be provided for. Now she says, Boaz is a close relative of ours. He's been kind by letting you gather grain with the young women. Now tonight he's going to be working all night. He is going to be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. And now do as I tell you. Take a bath, put on perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. Okay, if you've got a date... You're supposed to clean the dirt out of your ears, wash your hair, maybe get a clip. And you're supposed to put on some decent clothes and don't wear the socks with the holes in them. You know, be there in your best self. If you're going in for an interview for a job, dress the part. Be prepared. Well, Ruth. Naomi was instructing Ruth to go to the barn. And she says, do not let him know you're there. <laughs> she said, he will be working all night, but he is going to take some food and wine 
and he's going to take a nice nap. <laughs> when he has gone to sleep, you go and lie down at the bottom of his feet, and you uncover his feet. This is an act of submission. She was placing herself there in the presence of Boaz in submission. He was a man of high character. He woke up and he found Ruth there and he said, Ruth, I understand about your mother and about you. And he said, I want you to leave before dawn so that there are no rumors. And he said, I will care for you. The story changes again, and we have a situation where we learn that Elimelech has a parcel of land. Now, uh, Naomi can't do a thing about it. She cannot handle anything legally. So Boaz, second cousin, he calls ten leaders at the gate of the village. And then he calls a first cousin who was related to Elimelech. He said to the first cousin, you know Naomi who came back from Moab. She's selling the land that belonged to our relative. <laughs> She's not selling the land. Boaz is working it out right there. I thought I should speak to you, first cousin, about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land then, right here, this is the way, this is the way deals were done, right here in the presence of ten witnesses, you make your response. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I'm the one next in line. The man said, all right, I'll redeem it, I'll redeem it. Fine, says Boaz. He said, <clears throat> next slide. Boaz said, of course, you do know that with the land comes the two women. You will be marrying Ruth and you will uh, take Naomi into your home basically, for the rest of her life. And he goes, oh, 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 you can have the land. He was not capable of taking care of two more people in his home. He said, you take Ruth the Moabite. That way, she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. And this is what happens. Redeemer. <laughs> Redeemer. Boaz took Ruth into his home. And she became his wife. And when she, he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. The women said, praise the Lord who has provided a redeemer, a child in your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth, care for you in your old age, 
For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you. And now this is from women, okay? The women are speaking. Who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. <laughs> Naomi took the baby. She cuddled him to her, her breast. And she cared for him as if he were her own. And he was. He came out of the bloodline. The women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. Listen up. Listen up. <laughs> he became the father of Jesse in the Old Testament. You hear about Jesse's root. And he became the grandfather of David. David. Now, what is the line of David? What do we know about King David? From those 14 generations come. Yes, I heard it. Comes our Lord and Savior Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and these women listening to their own spirits and to God's leading are redeemed. And, and Naomi is no longer bitter. She is overwhelmed not knowing where this child will lead. She went through bitterness, days of deep sorrow with the death of, death of her husband and then her sons. She was left without a family, without a lineage. She was left without care and hope. But this family was redeemed by the compassionate love uh, and faithfulness of a foreign daughter in love. And this family was redeemed by the compassion and the faithfulness of a businessman named Boaz. Do you ever feel like you're in a foreign land? Do you ever feel like that no one knows what's happening to you? And certainly your God has no clue. Do you sometimes feel Angry, bitter, God is always there. God is always working in our lives through the transitions to lead us to wholeness and to healing. Praise be to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.